This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv. You know, this is a this is an exciting day for us because we're we're beginning a brand new series called Give Me Faith and uh, you know, I I love that video in that because it, it I'm just going to kind of jump to that because that just describes us right there. That last word, mosaic. When, when I heard that the first time, I laughed when I heard him say mosaic. I'm like, what in the world are you talking about? But that definition, we are just a bunch of broken people that God puts together to create something beautiful with all of us. And, and that is just really the essence of what the church is all about. And so uh, anyways, we're going to kind of dive in today and talk about this brand new series, Give Me Faith. And what we're going to do is something a little bit different. We've never done this in our church history. And that's, we're going to kind of have a family meeting here today. Um, I don't know, any of you guys remember having a family meeting at home uh, where, your, where your mom or your dad would say, hey, we're, we're going to meet us, whether it's in the kitchen or the family room. And, and we kind of think of our church as a family because so many of us here, we don't really have family. This is who we do life with. And so, um, you know, when the parents would call it, usually because they were going to beat you for something you did wrong. Um, at least that was the case in my, my house when we had family meetings. But, you know, every once in a while was something good, like we're going to go on vacation. And so uh, we're going to kind of have family meeting here today. And I just want to share some things uh, that God has put on my heart for our church and for where we're going and, and where he's kind of been directing our lives. And, and I want you guys to understand and get the heart and the mission and the vision and the values of our church. And listen, if you're a first-time guest that's here with us, uh, this is a lot different than normal. So um, in a sense, this is really awesome because you get to hear a lot about our values and what's important to us. You'll get to hear that today. And then some other things that you'll just be like, that just does not relevant at all to me. But I think it's good for you to understand who we are as a church and why we do what we do. And this is a great opportunity. And so today, if you guys want to turn in your Bibles, we're going to be looking at a, a, a passage of scripture out of Acts chapter two. Um, and, and it's one of my favorite passages of scripture in the entire Bible, partly because it's one of those passages of scripture that absolutely wrecked my life. Uh, I was reading it at one point with, with uh, another book at, at this one time, and I was reading through it, and, and uh, it, it actually caused me to quit my job at a church, and all of a sudden I was incomeless, so, uh, and didn't have a job, and, and my life was messed up. My wife was like, what in the heck are you doing, you know? But it, it's just one of those things that just messed with me, and, and it's something that we always go back to when I'm searching for answers in life, when I'm searching for direction for our church. And, and so, in Acts chapter 2, um, it's, it's this glimpse of the first church. And, and what's happening right now is that Jesus has come and he's died and he's rose again and he's left the, the disciples with this mandate to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But before they do that, they are to wait on something that's going to come into their midst, into their lives. And he says, man, I'm going to send you a helper. And that helper ends up being the Holy Spirit. And so they're up in this upper room and the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And all of a sudden, man, they were just, they were just on fire for Jesus. And they go and they have like the first kind of church service ever recorded in history. And, and 3,000 people get saved at that church service. How many of y'all know that was a good church service right there? I mean, 3,000 people gave their lives to Christ. I'd be like, woohoo, that's what I'm talking about. So that means, you know, there's, there's a lot more people that showed up to it. And so that's kind of where we pick it up. You know, they're, they're starting to do church and they're starting to do life together. And in Acts 2, 42 through 47, it says this, the community continually committed themselves to learning what the apostles taught them, gathering for fellowship, breaking bread and praying. Everyone felt 
a sense of awe. I love that. I love the fact that they were, they were in this community and they were just enamored. They were just blown away by what God was doing amongst their midst. And it says, because the apostles were doing many signs and wonders among them. There was an intense sense of togetherness. Man, another, another phrase that just captures, man, they were just, they were just in this community. Man, they were just down. They were just together. They had this camaraderie. And it says, among all who believed, they shared all their material possessions and trust. They sold any possessions and goods that did not benefit the community and used the money to help everyone in need. They were unified as they worshiped at the temple day after day. In homes, they broke bread and shared meals with glad and generous hearts. The new disciples praised God. They enjoyed goodwill of all the people of the city. Day after day, the Lord added to their number everyone who was experiencing liberation. Right here, we see this, this beautiful picture of this organic community of people that have, have, are just being absolutely transformed by the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. You know, God is in their midst. All of a sudden, they're living together. They're breaking bread together. They're, they're uh, growing together, and they're doing services together. And all these amazing things are happening among them. And, and you know, they're, they're not just going to church like once a week. I mean, they're like doing church every single day. And so they're meeting together. They're in their homes. They're having some Bible studies. They're breaking some bread, eating some food, playing some Uno, doing all kinds of different things that you just kind of do when you're doing community together. And, and it says that there's something pretty interesting that's, that's happening right there because when usually when you get like a clique of people together and you guys kind of get your crew and you're like, this is good. Do you let other people in your little clique? No, man, you keep people out because you're like, man, I found this group of people that I'm doing life with. This is my close group knit up friends. And so we're gonna do this and outsiders, man, you go find your own. But that wasn't the, the, the idea that they had. They were like, man, people are finding Christ and we've got this awesome friendship and we've got this awesome camaraderie and we've got this awesome community. Man, come on in, come on in and dive into this with us, man. Let's do life together. And, and so we're seeing this picture of this, this church that is just all about one one another that it's all about getting together and growing in the relationship with God and they're just and it's expanding exponentially into the region all around them and every time I read this passage I start thinking about the dream and the mission and the vision that God gave us back in 2009 when we moved here with just ourselves and, and Pastor Wayne and, and his wife and, and their two kids and their dog. And, and we came here and there was, there was seven of us because we counted their dog as part of us. You know, I mean, it's, we, we were looking for anybody to be a part of our crew. So, I mean, if you had an animal, you had a ferret or something, it was, it was part of our team. And, uh, and we moved here with this vision to, to see a, a church like this. And I remember we would, we would gather together and we, we knew one other family here. And so we utilized every person that they knew. We're like, do you know anybody else around here that you can invite to come hang out with us? And we're gonna study this passage of scripture. And every Thursday night, we'd gather at some offices right over here that are right in front of the Target Plaza, right where we still are, just a little bit further down. And we would get together and we'd talk about this passage of scripture. And we'd talk about the values that were there because this passage of scripture isn't a, a, a descriptive thing. 
thing for the church. It's a prescriptive thing. It's saying, man, there are some things in here that you don't have to do it exactly like this, but the values that are found in this scripture, man, should be a part of the church as a whole. It should be a part of the community that's happening among you. And we started studying this and we started saying to ourselves, man, what could be for our community? How would this look for us? And we came up with this vision of what we wanted this church to look like, this church called Coastal Community Church. And we said this, man, Coastal Community Church exists for the purpose to help the unchurched, the uncommitted, and the undecided people of Fort Lauderdale to become fully devoted followers of Christ that are growing in their relationship with God and others, that are giving of themselves and their resources and guiding others to church, community, and Christ. And basically we were like, man, that's really hard for people to remember. So we'll just make it, we'll just make it really, really simple. We want to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. That's the bottom line, man. We just were like, hey, you know what? Let's just make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church. And because we knew that there was more than life than just coming out here and acquiring stuff. I mean, our society is continuously telling us just get more, acquire more, do all these things. We just talked about that in the fact in this last series called Empty Promises. But that's what they tell us. And we think, man, we'll just get more and that'll, be, that'll make life great. But at the end of the day, listen, you can acquire all that junk and leave it to your greedy kids and they're gonna squander it. And that's going to be meaningless, or we could do something more significant in life. And we could build the church of Jesus Christ, this, this thing that he died for, which is people. And I remember that we, we would get together, and we were dreaming of what could and should be for our community. I remember on September 6th, that we had, we had maybe, I, I, I mean, and I'm probably generous in this number. This is probably evangelistically speaking. We maybe had 35 people. Pastor Wayne, what do you think? Maybe 35 people, if we were really generous that day, if everybody showed up and maybe one of their friends came who didn't really believe. And uh, yeah, that, that was the first, one of the first services. Man, that dude is fat right there. That was me. <laughs> Thank goodness I lost some weight. Um, but that guy in the back, he's good looking. He still does that. That's Bones back there in the red shirt. You like how he stands out? <laughs> but I remember the, the week before we were having our first service, we gathered in here with with whoever would come that was, had gone and done outreaches and different things with us. And I remember I, I shared this message, and, and at the end of it, I asked everybody to take a moment and close their eyes. And I asked them to imagine this. And these were some, some things that we put down that we said, this is what we want to be. And this is what we said. Now I want you to imagine a place that is brewing with such creativity that it inspires a community to draw close to God that removes religious barriers and makes Christ accessible to everyone, that accepts you for who you are, but challenges you to become all that God created you to be, where you want to invite your friends no matter where they are on their spiritual journey, where children come alive as they encounter God's purpose in a fun and engaging environment, where people's hearts break for the things that break God's heart, that reaches the lost by leading the found, that cultivates culture because it embraces the culture around it, that moves beyond just Sunday morning to equipping you to impact your spheres of influence, that encourages you, you to make room for life-giving relationships in your life, where your dreams of the future outweigh the memories of your past, where risk is embraced and the purpose of life is just not to arrive safely at death. 
a place that rekindles the imagination of a community through the hope of Jesus Christ. Imagine Coastal Community Church. And then we sang God of the City, and you know, we, everybody cried. It was awesome. Man, we had this dream that we decided, man, we want to we step out in faith and, and we want to get outside of ourselves and we want to we go and reach a community. I remember that, that first weekend, you know, that we, they just showed a picture of, of just being so scared, wondering, will anybody even freaking show up? Because we have 30 people, maybe, maybe 35 with our dogs and, and small infant children and stuff. And so um, if, if everybody, if, if it's only us, basically there will be nobody here in the crowd because we will all be working, doing kids ministry, doing youth ministry, running sound, playing instruments. These, these seats will be completely empty. And I remember, man, if it wasn't for all the people that came from Bradenton because they just loved us, they probably would have been empty. But I remember that seven weeks into our church on November 1st, man, we had ended up with 63 people. We had doubled in size, and we were just like, man, this is incredible. And, and I remember looking back and, and just thinking about those people that, that, that they just were crazy because they, they lived with this idea, man, that we're just going to have this extreme faith, and, and man, we're just going to give sacrificially. I remember, you know, we raised like 185 grand to, to start this church, and we were— and we were thinking, man, this is great. Just a, a little small group of us are going to go do this. And I remember we grew from that 63 people to, to today. And over that period of three years, we've seen so many amazing things. I mean, we've seen marriages that have been restored. We've seen new relationships be, begin. We've seen people get married in our church. We've seen, we've seen people broken from addictions. I mean, we've been able to give out thousands of backpacks and school supplies to underprivileged kids. We've, we've been able to give, uh, I don't know how many thousands of bottles of waters away. We've seen 10,000 plus people come to stupid Easter egg hunts that we put on every single year for some crazy reason. But more than anything else, we've seen two people on average every single weekend give their life to Christ. And you know what? That's what it's all about. Because here's the statistic that should rock your world. The average church in America reaches one person a year. One. Two a week. The Lord added to their number daily. For us, it's weekly right now. We're working on the daily. But God has been doing some amazing, amazing things. And we've seen some crazy things happen. I mean, we've done some, we've done some stupid things, and we wonder why do people even show up anymore? You know, I remember this one time we were at an outreach, and, and we were it was actually a bottle water outreach, and we were handing out bottles of water, and one guy wouldn't take a bottle of water from one of our guys, so he decided to cuss him out. And, uh, you know, it's a real effective evangelism strategy. Take my water or I will cuss you out. And, and so that didn't work very well, but people still showed up the next week. And I mean, it's, you know, we just did stupid things. We, did, we decided one day that, you know what, we're going to go in a 50-foot lift and we're going to raise backpacks for underprivileged kids. And we decided to jump in a lift without any thought of, you know, it, weather, uh, how we're going to use the restroom, nothing. I mean, we're just like, we're going to live in a lift and we're going to raise backpacks and Three days later, we've got 2,000 backpacks and school supplies because we're willing to do something stupid. You know, I remember one weekend um, that this projector right here that's right above somebody's head that could fall at any moment. It probably won't, but it could. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, that wire that plugs into it that projects that right there came undone, and uh, 
our, one of our sound guys and light guys named Steve convinced me that uh, in gym class, he could climb ropes really well. You know, back in gym class, you would, you would, you would ro go up ropes and come back down. You know, like that was like a, an activity. And, and so he's like, listen, you just lower me down on a rope from that catwalk and I'll plug it back in and then I'll climb back up. And I was like, okay, I, you know, I'm stupid. It's 10 minutes before service. We're trying to figure something out. And so I propel, like repel this guy. Is that the right word? Repel him down. I have the rope around my waist and we're like letting him down. He's got it wrapped around his waist. That string that's back there that blocks rows, that's what we use. It's like stretchy, you know, like we were not thinking at all. And we repel him down and he's up there for like 10 minutes trying to plug it in. And finally he's like, I can't plug it in. I was like, all right, climb back up. And he's like, I can't, I'm tired. <laughs> I tried to find a picture of it, but I'm so glad that I couldn't because it like, and, and the whole time I was just thinking, please don't let the principal show up this week. Please don't let the, you know, it just, you know, we just did stupid things and, and God still blessed those things. God still showed up and, and made a difference in people's lives. Uh, and I don't know why some of the time. And it uh, reminds me of this verse in Habakkuk 3.2. It says, I've heard all about you, Lord. I am filled with awe by your amazing works. In this time of our deep need, help us again as you did in years gone by. Because we know all throughout history, God has done incredible, incredible things in people's lives. He's done the miraculous. He's done the extreme and man, we just want God to continue to do more and more. And I remember just a little over a year ago, moving from, from one service to two services. And, it, and it, was, it was one of those moments where it didn't make any sense because our auditorium wasn't full, but our kids' area was. And our parking lot was. And we had a decision, and people in here didn't make no, didn't, they didn't really understand. Why are we doing that? There are seats still open. But, but Pastor Wayne was in the back saying, I've got 37 three- and four-year-olds, and uh, I don't know what to do with 37 three- and four-year-olds in one class. And so we've got to do something. We've got to split them up. And, and we took this leap of faith, and people gave generously, and people stepped out and said, man, I'll volunteer, I'll help out, and I'll do all this. And, and before long, man, God was doing something awesome. In fact, I, I just kind of want to do something. I want all of you guys that have come to church since we've been meeting here. You, you weren't meeting with us when we were meeting in the office over there, but you, you came to church since we started meeting here. If you just raise your hand real quick and leave it up. You started coming since then. Seriously, I, I know some of you guys that don't have your hand up. Uh, everybody, almost everybody in here should have their hand up because I, I know most of you guys. Uh, I just want you to see that because the majority of the people that came here today weren't here when we started. They weren't part of that 35 people that gave sacrificially and, and stepped out in faith. And you're here today because they took an extreme risk. Because they said, you know what? We don't want to just be comfortable meeting in an office reaching just us. We know that God has got something bigger and better for us. And we know that it's been always been about people. And so we're going to step out in faith. And you know, one of the things that has defined our church over and over again is extraordinary faith and extreme generosity. Those people stepped out when it seemed crazy and impossible and they gave in an enormous way. And we started thinking about that. We started thinking about what God has done and and I really thought that today, right now, I would be stepping up here and telling you guys, man, you know what? Man, we've got a permanent home. Let's go for it. Because we've had those opportunities. We've had contracts on places. 
In fact, I was getting ready to sign one about four months ago on, on a first permanent facility for us. And I heard God tell me no. Because for us, it's never been about bricks and mortar. It's never been about p- buildings. It's always been about people. It's always been about people. And uh, we started looking around at our community. We started looking at the statistics that are out there, and we started seeing that there are 1.75 million people in the Fort Lauderdale area, and 1.7 of them have no church affiliation, which means that they are lost and hopeless and most likely dying and going to hell. We started looking, and we saw that this area, Broward County, is number two in new AIDS cases per capita in the entire United States. We saw that we're number two in consumer credit card debt in the country. Forbes magazine just listed us as the seventh most miserable place to live in the United States. We started looking at those things and we started saying, man, what is, what is happening here? There's people that are lost and they're dying and they're going to hell and they're looking for hope in, in things. They're looking for hope in relationships. They're looking for hope in sex. They're looking for hope in all the wrong places. And we've got the hope of the world living inside of us. And if we're going to make it hard for people to go to hell by making it easy for them to go to church, then we've got to do something about this problem that's happening. Because when we moved here, we were 94% on church. Now we're 97 And so God started moving inside of us and started speaking to us and he started challenging us to say, what are we gonna do to make a difference? What are we gonna do to get beyond ourselves? Because right now it's so easy for us just to stay in this arena, this place that we're at because it's good. We have more than enough finances. We have have plenty of people showing up to church. We have lots of volunteers. We have all these things going for us that are awesome right now. I mean, if if I could just hit pause in life and just stay here, I would because that's how good it is. But Jesus didn't call us to hit pause in our life. He called us to go. He called us to go and make a difference in people's lives and to help the lost and the hurting and the broken get liberation. And, you know, one of my mantras has always been, we'll do anything short of sin to, make, to, to reach people for Christ. And mine has always been, and I'll probably even sin if my wife's not around. She doesn't like that part very much. And so we started looking at that and we started realizing, you know what? There is a barrier to people coming to know Christ here in this area. And it's called I-95. If you live west of I-95, you don't go east. And if you live east, you don't come west. And we realized, man, we're doing a really, really good job of, of reaching people around here. Man, we, we feel like God has called us here and he wants to do something here. But you know what? God cares about those people as well. And his heart breaks every time one of them dies and goes to hell, just like our heart should break as well. And so we started getting this burden, and we started realizing that God was calling us to do something different. And so we feel like in 2013 that as a church, we are to go and start another coastal community church, same look, same feel, same music, same, same kids, same uh, hospitality, same preaching, all of those things alive in, in northeast Broward County. So, <laughs> wait till you get to the details before you clap. No, I'm just. <laughs> no, we feel like we feel like God has called us to reach people. 
It's always been about people. It's never been about bricks and sticks. It's always been about people. And so what we're going to do is, is, is next year um, is we're going to go and start another campus over there, somewhere between um, Atlantic and Hillsborough along the US-1 corridor because um, it's, it's a place. You know, one of the things we've always done is we've always picked uh, places based on ministry opportunities, and there's this, this uniqueness about that over there. On one side of the road, you've got this extraordinary wealth. On the other side of the road, you've got this extraordinary poverty. And how beautiful would it be to marry those two together just like heaven's going to be, because heaven's not segregated by age, income, spiritual, you know, it's not, it's, not, it's not separated by any of the things that we separate by. And so let's go bring heaven to earth through Christ's original way, and that's the local church. And so we're going we're gonna to do that. We're going to ask some of you guys to, to be a part of that. We're going we're gonna to ask you to... Uh, to help us in that, our plan is in March 24th of 2013 to start that, that campus. Um, that's the week before Easter of next year. It's a great time when people are looking to figure out what they're going to do in that period of time in their life. Um, but here's the part. We know what it costs to start this three years ago. It costs us a little over $185,000. Well, things are a little bit more expensive today. We figured out that it's going to cost us about $225,000 to do this. And... Uh, you know, that, that seems like a lot of money, but we're going to go get a building for $2 million. And we did the math, and we figured out that there's money left over if we do this. We're not real smart, but we figured that out. But here's what we know, is the reason you're here today is because people gave sacrificially when you weren't. And we're going to ask you to do the same thing that people did for you, and that's make an opportunity for the next group that's going to be sitting in your chair in Northeast Broward. And so the thing that has defined us originally, I'm going to ask us to define it again. And that's extreme faith and extreme generosity. And so uh, you need to know that as your pastor, man, it freaks me out to, to ask for money because at the end of the day, I'm responsible for this and I've got to be able to go home tonight and I've got to be able to sleep knowing that I'm a good steward of everything God has given us. And, and if you've hung out with us at all, you, you know that we are frugal. That I would say we're probably cheap. Um, <laughs> Pastor Wayne and I still use desks that we drove to Fort Myers to get from Salvation Army because they were willing to give it to us for free because we're all about saving a dollar, because we know that that dollar can make a difference in somebody's life. And so if we spend it on worthless things, then we'll get a worthless return. We'd rather spend it on kingdom things and get a kingdom return. And so um, let me also make this clear. Nothing here changes. We still do church here, right here in Coconut Creek. Still the, the same guy that usually has hair that now has a shaved head, he'll be up here with the bushy beard singing songs and the band will be playing and, and the kids' ministry, will be, I'll, I'll be speaking here. We'll just be doing everything there as well. And so nothing changes here. Maybe for some of you, the change is going to be that you're going to be a part of that. And so um, what I'm asking and what we are asking from you is that uh, you pray for faith. You pray for faith. Listen, I, I know change is tough. I know it's easy to get used to the status quo. 
And like I said, man, if I could just stay here in this moment and just hit pause, I would. But God has challenged us and God has spoken to us and we cannot deny that. And we cannot hold back. In fact, there's a, there's a quote by an old revivalist named Leonard Ravenhill and he says this, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of that opportunity. And we feel like God has, has given us the opportunity of a lifetime and we've got to seize it in the moment that God has spoken to us. We can't let it pass us by. And, and because of that, it's gonna take some elements of faith. That's what we call this give me faith. Because we're asking for it. I'm asking for it. Man, this scares the crap out of me. But people matter to God. And if they matter to God, they should matter to me. Second thing I'm gonna ask you to do is I'm gonna pray for a miracle. Pray for a miracle because, listen, it's gonna take an unbelievable miracle for people to give generously to something that doesn't technically help them at all. It doesn't do you any good to give because you're not going to see the fruit of that for you personally here on earth. But we'll see it in heaven. And so I know that that takes a miracle in our hearts to say, you know what, it's not about what I'm living for today. It's about what I'm living for tomorrow. And that's when I get to heaven, I get to see the lives that are changed. And we just got to remember that the reason we're sitting here is because people did it for us when we weren't here. Third thing is pray and ask God to use you. We want you to pray and ask God, how do you want me to play a part in this and to make a difference? And so uh, just a couple of things I want you to take note of is that uh, as you're leaving today, you're going to be given this booklet right here that describes everything that I'm talking about here today. It's our, it's our plan. It has all the details in it. It, it. it has the budgets in it. It has the timeline of when this is happening, how it's happening, what it looks like. Everything is in here because we want you to have more than enough information so that you, when you're going home and you're talking with your family, you're talking with God, you can say, you know what, I've been completely informed on what is happening in my church. Another thing that you're going to get is you're going to get a card that looks like this that says our goal, and it has the amount that we're trying to raise for this initiative. It's $225,000, and we're going to ask you to go home and with your family pray about this and say, God, what would you have us do? What would you have us do to be a part of this thing, just like people were apart before we ever came. How can we make a difference as a family? I know that Shayla and I, we, we got these earlier this week, and we've been praying, and we've been saying, God, how do you want us to play a part in this? Because this is, this is our opportunity to play a part in the next generation of people that are going to come to know Christ. And, and, and in that, on October 21st, we're going to do a special offering specifically for this. And we're going to ask you to come and, and, and bring a one-time gift at that point. And then we're going to ask some of you guys to, to commit above and beyond your tithes and offerings for the next 12 months to make this happen. Because we want to see people not go to hell, but have a relationship with Christ. And we're going to do whatever it takes to do that. And so... Um, the last thing is, is that we have a website called givemefaith.tv and uh, over the next 21 days um, there's going to be a devotional on there we would love for you to be a part of that and, and be praying with us and talking with us and reading with us as we're all on the same page saying God how do you want to use me in this season to make a difference in somebody else's life through this thing of give me faith and uh, let me just kind of wrap this up with this I was I was reading this story in 2 Kings, um, 
chapter 7, and it really, it really grabbed hold of me because what's happening right here is the Arameans have come and they've surrounded Israel. And Israel's in Syria at this point. They've, uh, they've been kind of surrounded by this, this kingdom, and they're, they're, they've cut off all their supplies going in and all the supplies going out. And so Israel is basically starving to, get to death. People are dying of malnutrition. People are starting to cannibalize. It's bad. And uh, in, in this chapter, it, it starts in, in verse 3. It says this, Now there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate. And they said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? If we say we will enter the city, then the famine is in the city, and we will die there. And if we sit here, we'll die also. Now therefore, come let us go over to the camp of the Arameans. If they spare us, we will live. If they kill us, we will die. They arose at twilight to go to the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the outskirts of the camp of the Arameans, behold, there was no one there. For the Lord had caused the army of the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and the sound of horses, even the sound of a great army, so that they said to one another, Behold, the king of Israel has hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Therefore they arose and fled in the twilight, and they left their tents and their horses and their donkeys, even the camp just as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers came to the outskirts of the camp, they entered one tent, and they ate, and they drank, and they carried from there silver and gold and clothes, and they went and they hid them. They returned and entered another tent and carried them also, and they went and they hid. Then they said to one another, what we are doing is not right. This is a day of good news. Why are we keeping silent? What's happening is these, these lepers, they, they, they're facing this, this enormous obstacle in life. If they go into where all of Israel is, I mean, they're lepers, they're going to die because there's a famine there, there's no food, they can't get any food there. If they stay right where they are, they're going to die. If they go to the Arameans, they say to themselves, well, at least maybe there's an opportunity. You know, the worst case scenario is they're going to kill us and we're going to die anyway, so we might as well go there. But the best case scenario is, is perhaps they'll feed us. Perhaps there'll be something good there. And so they set out and they walk over and, and when they get to the camp, man, everything's gone and, and, they, and they start creeping, you know? They go peek in the first end, they realize that there's nothing there and so they start grabbing some food. I mean, these are lepers, they're, they're chowing down, they're drinking their drinks, they're doing all that stuff. They're getting fat and happy, man. As fat and happy as a leper can get. I mean, I think they probably ate some stuff and stuff started falling off. I don't really know. It's probably pretty gross. Um, then they start grabbing stuff and they, and they start going away and they start digging holes and burying it. They're like, man, we're going to get rich today, baby. And so they do that in the first one. They go to the second, the second tent and they, they start doing the same thing. And finally, one of them says, man, this just isn't right. It's just not something right about this. I, I get that we're in a good spot, man. We're, we can get fat and we can get, we can get fed and we can have all this stuff and that's awesome for us. But our friends, our family, our neighbors, they're back there dying. They're killing themselves so they can feed themselves. How can we not go tell them? 
And I think the Lord is speaking to us saying, how can we not go tell them? How can we not give them the opportunity that we have been given? And our opportunity is to make it hard for people to go to hell by making them, by making it easy for them to go to church. And here's the thing. It's nobody else's responsibility but ours because God told us. And when God tells you something, you step out in faith and you watch him do the miracle. This is what I know about God. We call this series Give Me Faith because God honors bold prayers and bold prayers honor God. This is our prayer, that God would give us faith to reach more people because people matter to God. Let's pray. This is a Coastal Community Church podcast. For more information about Coastal Community Church, please visit coastalcommunity.tv.